I'm Eva Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female. I launched this podcast so that powerful women would share their journey to unlocking their own potential, to empower others, and to inspire change. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast app of your choice. I'm asking because it really makes a difference. On Thursday this week, the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards, known as CAFA, is hosting its sixth annual Red Carpet Awards Gala, a unique evening that unites Canadian talent and fashion leaders from all over the world. In honor of CAFA, we're showcasing a series of interviews with CAFA nominees and award winners this week. My guest today is Jessica Bedard, an Ottawa-based shoe designer who is nominated for the Swarovski Award for Emerging Talent in Accessories. Jessica had a career before becoming a shoe designer, but even if she was a late bloomer, her designs have been winning clients over throughout Asia, Europe, and North America. I spoke to Jessica at the Bridgeview Hotel in Toronto. Here is our conversation. First of all, thank you for having me. Such a pleasure to meet you. Um, I mean, I'm from a very modest family. Uh, I was a single child for most of my childhood. I have mm -hmm. a sister and a brother. They're a lot younger than me, eight okay. and ten years old, younger than me. So I grew up on the Quebec side. My first language is French. And my love for shoes has started really, really early in my life. I remember one of my oldest souvenirs is my grandparents are bringing me shopping for my birthday and we're in the department store and they go straight to toys mm -hmm. and I stopped and I said no I would love to have shoes and mm -hmm. they said Jessica it's your it's your birthday let's get something fun and I said no I would really prefer to have shoes and I left you know with yellow loafers and <laughs> this is one of my and they looked at me like I was from Mars mm -hmm. because I was so young but for my birthday for Christmas I remember I always wanted shoes mm -hmm. so it started very very early my parents we would go at some friends for dinner they would never have a babysitter they would bring me put me in a closet and it was <laughs> fine for the night <laughs> I would cry when it was time to leave because I had to leave the shoes you know mm. so it's just a very very old souvenir I never yeah. really wanted toys just shoes and clothes mm -hmm. and so was your mother maybe was your mother very stylish very fashionable was she also into fashion? she's very and still today very put together mm. a very classy woman and i think she probably translated a little bit of that in me and um you know and then i went to school and i mean it was a dream but you never think what are the steps you know where what school do i go for that and it's also very expensive so i end up studying uh, as a massage therapist and oh, I became okay. a teacher for okay. many years in a college. Okay. What and attracted you to uh, massage therapy? Well, to make a long story short, <laughs> so I was going in communication in Jonquière and okay. there was a big, huge uh, flood that year in 2005. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yes. and I couldn't leave uh, to go study. And my mom said, there's no way you're not going to school. So. Uh, I absolutely want you to take a little class of something so you're not doing nothing. So I ended up taking a class in uh, massage therapy and loved it and I was good at it. So, you know, I took 10 techniques, I went to study in Thailand um, and I came back and I I was teaching in a college at Estée Collégiale for okay. many years. I also own a spa. And wow. Yes. And then... Um, 
One night I went out and I met this wonderful man, Eric Bedard. Eric, my husband, is one of the rare Canadian who made it in professional baseball oh, in the US. Wow. Super impressive. Yeah, so Eric played uh, 12 years uh, in the major league okay. and seven team. And I worked most of our the beginning of our relationship. And I had a two-year-old when I met him. Okay. And so it took a long time for us to become really serious. But when we got engaged six years after, uh, Eric asked me to quit my job and followed him. And I homeschooled Maddox on the road. And it was a beautiful experience it for me. must have been amazing. Yes, mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. And it's good memories. And then he retired mm -hmm. a few years ago. And yes, because when you're a baseball player, it's not a cure that you no, can do very late 35, in life. No, 35, he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when, when he retired, he said, Jessica, what's your dream? And I said, well, my biggest dream would have to be would have to have a shoe line mm -hmm. and he said well and let's be honest did yes. you have a big shoe collection by then i did <laughs> oh my goodness it's crazy <laughs> traveling you know you just I, get I to i can see it yes so yeah so he encouraged me to go back to school at 35 years old and he said you know if you're going to go to school choose a really good school i want mm -hmm. you to be the best at what you at what you're going to do and so i went to Asturias in milan okay and I graduated in the footwear, mm -hmm. and it was very challenging because... And what I, was that like, being 35, going back to school, and in a country where, <sighs> I'm assuming you didn't speak the language and you'd never lived? Yes, yes. I mean, it was very challenging also because I had a son. Okay, yes. And who wants to leave for long periods at yes. a time, you know, their kids. So, mm -hmm. but Eric was really supportive, and being retired, he was able to be at home and take care of him. I did some class in New York, which was possible to take there, but most of them were in Milan. And the longest class was three months. Mm. Thank God for FaceTime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Maddox was only nine, I want to say, at that mm. time. So it was good. He was not a teenager where yeah. I want to be there, and he was not also like a baby. Mm. So it was a perfect age. and. It, it went well, and I just... I and that was great of your husband, who was very supportive yes. in offering you that opportunity. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I graduated, and I was lucky because one of my... Well, two of my teachers started a business when I was finishing my class, and they started Arise. Arise is a company who manage um, designers like me. Okay. While I cannot be in Italy for my production, mm -hmm. they supervise and manage okay. all of my production. So I'm so taking care of supply chain and, and working with local partners. Yes, they do all the research for my materials okay. on my shoes. I tell them the direction I want to take for mm -hmm. this next collection. They do all of the research. They bring it to me, and then I get to choose everything. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So now I design every shoe I put on the market and I choose all of the beautiful material. Mm -hmm. um, it's very, very important for me to design not only shoes that I want to wear and that are beautiful, but the comfort. Mm -hmm. I bought so many pairs of shoes that I was in love with the look mm -hmm. over yes. the years, you know, but they stay there because I know that if I wear them, I'm not comfortable. So they that look was great, the, but they yes. kill your feet. I've been there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's probably one of the most biggest feature in my brand. Mm -hmm. uh, all of the lining inside of the shoe is in real leather. Okay. The insole, the outsole, 
so you don't sweat or you don't do any blisters and mm. shoes which I get every day people write to me mm. and it's it's so rewarding is that a word yes <laughs> rewarding because this is the biggest compliment for me and at, that's it's interesting because I've noticed and I don't know if it's if there's always a correlation but shoes that are designed by women designers typically are more comfortable mm -hmm. than shoes designed by men and, I, and I'm sorry to have to name them but Louboutin are fantastic <laughs> but I am not able to walk in a pair of Louboutin they for more than 15 minutes yeah they're made really narrow yes and most of women um, and with time our feet are getting larger mm -hmm. so it's for me it's the it's the, the angle I actually have a, a a narrow foot but the <laughs> arch is just a bad angle oh for me like, but I've noticed that women designers typically yes. have that in mind obviously because they wear the shoes themselves yeah and I also do all of the fitting of my shoes okay. so I go to Italy um, to design every time I design it's in Italy I have mm -hmm. an office there uh, but also um, I do the fitting with my team with the patent makers so there's process when you build shoes you design them and then you do what we call a prototype mm -hmm. and a prototype is made with different type of material what we are looking at is the shape and the fitting we make sure that the stitching are at the right place right. and it's large enough and the last is you know is giving a great style so this mm -hmm. is a prototype and when we're satisfied about it uh, the shoe we do a sampling and a sample is made with the real material that mm -hmm. I have chosen for the shoes mm -hmm. um, yeah and then we go present to stores but do yeah. you test all your shoes yourself oh yes mm -hmm. yes oh yeah I go to Italy and I try all of the prototype mm -hmm. to make sure it's they meet your criteria. Yes. Mm -hmm. Did you have any role models, either younger in your career or maybe in the shoe industry or the fashion industry? And I'm interested in, in hearing about women, especially who influenced you. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think one person I always go back to that I've been, that I've always followed is Victoria Beckham. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, still today, I can relate to her because, for one, she's married to a professional athlete. Oh, it's true. Yeah, that in common. Mm -hmm. And he seemed to have encouraged her yeah. to follow her passion for fashion. Mm. So it's kind of like the same. And she's also a mother. And mm -hmm. I love, love, love the minimalist of her brand. And yes. I just, uh, it's always the fabric are so good. And uh, I just, uh, yeah, I admire her mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. And how was it when you, so after you studied and you came back and you said, I know I want, to, I, I want to design shoes, you didn't have any experience in that field. You had a business prior, but it was a completely different industry. How was it in terms of, you know, the kind of feedback you got either from clients, from suppliers, going to stores? Um, what was the reaction and, and was it difficult in gaining credibility oh. as a new emerging designer? You know, it's a working process. Um, in the beginning, I mean, I've been to school, so I was very excited, and I started with a bridal brand. Okay, yes. I had just got married, and it was challenging for me to find a shoe. Also, because I was in Canada, I was getting married in the off season. It was November. Mm -hmm. Every shoe was very open, um, and I thought it's missing something on the market. Also, yes. I also didn't want bling in my shoe right. and I felt like every bridal shoe had bling in it. So I wanted something a little bit more modern. Mm. I wanted um, uh, a, 
a shoe that was more closed. So I said, if I do bridal shoe, I'll also do a booty mm. for people that get married in Canada when it's yes, cold weather. Yes, fall wedding or winter wedding. Yeah, and I so I started with this brand, and I got picked up right away at the uh, New York Bridal Fashion Week mm-hmm. and by Panache Bridal in New York and Beverly Hills. So that was really exciting. Um, I also incorporate um, the tradition in my shoe, mm-hmm. which is something all new, borrowed, and blue. Okay. So something new is your shoe, and something blue, the top heel on every of my bridal shoe is pastel blue. Love and that. the something borrow for good luck in her marriage, she takes, um, I have a magnetic ring under the shoe, and mm. she takes the ring, and she ships it back to me in a little envelope that I provide in the shoe box, and I reuse it on another shoe. So this ring travels. Oh my God, so it's something borrowed on yes. every new pair. Yes, it's I borrowed love that, that's so smart. Pair. Yes, and then when I receive the ring, I use it on another shoe, so okay. this travels. Wow. And it's a very old uh, tradition, yes. so we have debossed it on under each outsole. Mm. So I got a good feedback. It's uh, it's kind of like a marketing uh, mm. uh, strategy, you know, on my product. And it, and it makes mean, your brand unique yes, because you're exactly. the people yes. associate it to your shoe mm-hmm. specifically. And then I followed with the ready-to-wear, because it's just a bigger market. You know, bridal is maybe 20% of the market, so it's very specific. And then we enlarge it with the ready-to-wear, which is uh, working so, so well. Bridal is picking up, but I feel it's ready-to-wear that really put me on the map. just because I have so much more opportunity with ready-to-wear mm-hmm. and uh, I like what I call a statement shoe so I like a more of a monochrome outfit and then like a pop of shoe mm. like something really fun I like to mix um, different textures and I think it's also very important as a brand to know well one what's your market but also what do you want to do mm-hmm. to not be all over the place like you need to look at a brand and know that this is this person. Right. This is how I think a brand is solid. So have your unique DNA. Yeah. There's a lot of um, patterns on my ready to wear. I mm-hmm. like to mix velvet with leather. Mm-hmm. I like to mix patent with, you know, mm-hmm. different textures. So <clears throat> the reaction is, I will say it's been six months to one year that people are really starting to recognize my brand and it feels so good mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know when you start I mean I think the biggest challenge for me was marketing mm-hmm. I mean I went to school I knew how to make shoes and I was very excited and designing is the easy part for me mm-hmm. once my product was out I didn't go to school in marketing right, and that right that it was the biggest challenge for me mm. because then I started to panic because I have all of those beautiful shoes and I don't know how to be seen right you know? yeah and that's key in this market Whew, I would say like two years ago a year and a half after I started my project I realized oh my goodness am I gonna make it mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like you had throw me in the woods and I had to eat bugs to right. survive and <laughs> it's probably also the best thing that happened to me because I became in survival mode right you know so it pushed you to I figure do things not out. want this project to end right. so what am I gonna do to win you mm. know so I start reading and I started to do listen to a lot of uh, podcasts mm-hmm. and like on plane I would make a point to just 
you know, listen mm -hmm. to marketing, um, audio, video, and yeah. I just, uh, and then I grow and I start to put myself out there and like knock on doors, not depend on anyone, you know, and mm -hmm. just do the most I can. And today, what a difference. It's and then it so took off. good. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. What would you say was the biggest obstacle <clears throat> in building your business? And and I would add, we there's not that many shoe designers in Canada. I think we can name the ones who made it on, you know, on the fingers of one of one hand. Um, so it's it's incredible that you were able to build a successful business, and I feel especially. But mm -hmm. I, I know it wasn't always <coughs> easy. So what would you say was that biggest obstacle for you that you had to overcome? Again, marketing. It was marketing. Yes, because um, as a new brand, it's very hard to convince a buyer. Uh, <clears throat> that their customer will pay the amount uh, of money for a shoe yes. like mine, which mm -hmm. is extremely well produced, um, exactly at the same place as the big brand, big designers, uh, but I'm new. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was very challenging. Now, I will say that they actually write to me, <laughs> right, which is <laughs> so, so rewarding. Mm -hmm. But I remember like going to knock on doors and, you know, they would say, you have a beautiful product, but it's too expensive for mm -hmm. our store. You know, now that I'm getting more credibility, it's getting easier to put my, mm -hmm. and I have, like I said, people, stores that are reaching out to me now, which makes yeah. my life so much easier. <laughs> and that's great. Yeah. Um, do you work with a large team? Um, I'm mm -hmm. assuming there's a, there's a, a group supporting yes. what you're doing. Um, and tell me about your vision as the leader for the brand for the company and you know leading that team of individuals. So my team is, uh, I have people here in Canada with me, and then I have uh, another team in Los Angeles, okay. um, a PR over there, mm -hmm. and I have a team also in Italy for all of the production. Uh, we work, I like to call it, well, it's called remote managing. Mm -hmm. So no one works eight to five. Right. I think it's the future. Yes. Um, you Technology know, makes it easier. Yeah, I like to think that people that work with me uh, are able to go bring their kids to school and go for lunch mm -hmm. and be able to go to an appointment if they have to. But you know, I'll ask them something on a Sunday night at 8 o'clock and usually I don't have to wait until Monday. Mm -hmm. So we're all driven to uh, like the same goal yeah. and I just, I, they don't work for me. We right. work together and they feel that and you know I like to think that um, I'm also the DNA mm -hmm. of my brand mm -hmm. and uh, although everyone has a job to do uh, one thing uh, that I will always do is design my shoes right. so many brands today most mm. of the brand today yes you know um, have designers yeah. that design for them and yeah. it's it's okay for me it's not uh, it's losing its uh, authenticity, right. is that a yes. word? Um, and I wear many hats, you know, in the beginning. Some of them were not for me, <laughs> I will tell you that. Uh, designing is what I love to do. I think the shoe needs to have an inspiration with my vision mm -hmm. and with what I get inspired with. Mm -hmm. So this is um, the vision I have for my brand and it will always, always, 
stay this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you if you could go back in time uh, when you first started the brand, uh, is there something you wish you knew then that mm. you knew now? Yes. That you know now. Mm. Uh, to not overproduce. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is a big mistake I did with my first uh, bridal line. Mm. You know, I was not known. I don't know what I was thinking, but I overproduced and I got stuck with a lot of shoes and you know I've learned from that uh, I've learned to to and also with my manager we we sort of like reanalyzed all of this mm-hmm. uh, from where I was and where I'm going and who I'm selling to and who's my market and you know so I would I would love if someone would have told me, mm. do not produce that amount of shoes when you're starting. Right. You're gonna. I didn't crash, but I could have. You could have. It was. <laughs> you know, because it was a big investment that didn't bring me a return in the beginning. Right. So that was really mm-hmm. scary. <laughs> but that was the best lesson because yes. now you'll never. You know how to plan and you know what your merchandising yes. strategy is gonna be. Absolutely. Um. Tell me about the women who buy your shoes and how, and you mentioned at the start of the interview, you really like getting comments from them, especially on the fit and the comfort of the shoes. Um, how do you stay in touch with your audience and how do you make sure that, you know, because it's when you're leading your company, you're at the top, but you can be isolated from your market sometimes. Mm-hmm. So how does that happen for you? How do you stay in touch and attuned with your client's needs? I think social media is a beautiful platform for an entrepreneur today. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another field that I wasn't really good at but a lot of people help me with mm-hmm. and I have someone that you know coach me on it um, and a lot of people write to me on social media and um, I try to be very present for them and I try to answer every message although sometimes it's not long I want them to feel that I really appreciate them wearing my brand and I appreciate the picture they send me mm-hmm. and it makes them feel good if I repost that often and um, uh, what was I gonna say um, I lost my idea I wanted to tell you something about this you were saying uh, when they post they tag you in a picture and you, you yes. share it hmm, lost it <laughs> no um, yeah this is what I wanted to say you know it's one thing to have a dream and to make beautiful shoes. If no one wears your shoes, this dream is failing. Right. So they are the reason that I'm able to succeed. Yes. And I understand that, you know, celebrities or big brands, you'll ask them a question or you'll write to them and they don't answer you. They mm-hmm. don't reply to you because right. it gets overwhelming. Yes. And I'm trying to figure out when I be come too big or it's just I'm too busy how am I going to be able to continue to do that because Mm -hmm. it's so important and people it makes my customer feel very special and they should feel special you know because they're the reason why I am succeeding I never want to lose that so Mm -hmm. even if I have to have you know a certain amount of time in a week where I dedicate my time to this the answer never needs to be long Mm -hmm. you know it just the fact that you're answering it's so real for them, right? And I, I gain a lot of customer by communicating. So that one-on-one contact mm-hmm. with them—that's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. 
tell me about some of the women, whether they're, you know, no matter their, their level of being famous, who have worn your shoes. Oh, recently, Carrie Underwood was spot oh. uh, in Los Angeles with uh, one of my ballerina, one of my signature shoes, and I know, I went sold out overnight. <laughs> I'm sure, yes. <laughs> overnight. Hollywood and, can do that to you. Yes, and you know, everyone that thought of getting that shoes and didn't, now all of a sudden they wanted this shoe and they was sold out. And the good thing is that we can always reproduce, but I produced in Italy, and okay. production in, in Italy is three months. Mm-hmm. So they waited three months. Now it's back and it's going with like mm. hotcakes, you know. <laughs> and sometimes creating rarity is even is a yes. is a good strategy. Bella Hadid, uh, Sophie Trudeau. Yes, I um, remember Sophie, yeah. the ballerina again. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, Alison uh, Stoner. Uh, I think she's from Star Wars. Uh, she was at a big gala last mm-hmm. week actually and she posted that shoe the belt and uh, the L style L mm-hmm. style is my pump okay. it's another of my signature style um, Gigi Hadid wear uh, the L in blue in uh, New York so yeah <laughs> that's a pretty good I roster know, congratulations I know. it's always so exciting mm-hmm. you know to if you had to give advice to young women who are interested in pursuing a career in fashion design or shoe design specifically, what would be your top advice? Uh, if you're younger than me, <laughs> go get some experience and work mm-hmm. for a brand. I think it's the best school mm-hmm. um, to learn. You know, I think I would have learned uh, many lessons working for another brand and and not do those mistakes with my brand. So if they're younger, I would really suggest to work at five, ten years, you know, for mm. a big brand, you know, to learn and acquire yes. skills and mm-hmm. then figure out what at they different levels. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. that's good advice. Um, you are a busy um, entrepreneur, running your business. You're a mom as well. Um, a lot of traveling with your, you know, your your teams being in different places and the production being in, in, in Italy. How do you make sure you stay balanced and grounded oh, on a daily basis? Ava, <laughs> <laughs> it's the million dollar question. Oh, I know it's a universal <laughs> question. Um, family, you know, I'm away a lot now mm-hmm. and um, I mean beginning of the year maybe I was home five days um, Ooh, wow from January to March and people don't see that they don't realize a yeah. lot of people don't understand it um, but my family I've learned to communicate very very well with my teenager mm-hmm. with my husband with my friends and you know when I'm home I try to be present it's all about cooking and making family dinners mm-hmm. and going to the baseball park with Maddox. Maddox play professional baseball. My husband is always at baseball. Oh, that's fantastic. Still. Yeah. But, you know, just trying to be enjoying the time that you have with the people you love. Because mm-hmm. being on the road can get lonely yes. and, you know, you eat alone, you eat in restaurant all mm-hmm. the time and it's there's nothing like a home cook meal yes, <laughs> in my bed. Agree. Yeah, yes, yes, my own bed. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is a big sacrifice I have to to do, you know, mm-hmm. to to be in business. But it's part of the game, and I'm also teaching Maddox a beautiful lesson, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you could go back in time, um, even before you started being a shoe designer earlier in your life. Is there something you would do differently if you go could go back and you know mm. 
change the course of your life in one way, make a different decision? I don't know if I would have made a different decision. Because um, I think like life is planned for you. And although sometimes you made a bad decision, it's, mm -hmm. it's always necessary to grow. Um, one thing I always say, and it's not a decision, uh, I always wish I would have read more. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I wish my, my parents uh, would have pushed me to read more. Mm. I think reading is so educational and um, it's like a, going to school for me. And I read a lot more today, mm -hmm. um, but this is one thing I would have changed about my life. I would have read a lot to be smarter. <laughs> so are you making sure that your son gets to read more you know, than, I, than maybe you did? I tell him all the time. He's so, so smart. Mm -hmm. uh, 97 of average at school. Imagine that, you know, that was not me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not taking this from me. But um, I always tell him, you know, like our kids today, he's in a paperless school, so it's all about, okay. you know. Um, Tablets and laptops yes, and yes. they're on screens all the time. And I tell him, like, read read and read more because mm -hmm. does he listen to me maybe not as much as I would want to but to repeat something to your child to your kids all the time I think you know over time it mm -hmm. will resonate with him yes. and I hope he'll he, sink yes in. yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, your answer was a good segue for one of the questions I had for you, which is, is there a book that marked or influenced your life, mm -hmm. um, you know, specifically? It could have been a movie, too, but hopefully a book that you read at one point. I would say for me, it's documentary. Okay. I'm a big fan of documentary. Mm -hmm. Again, I feel it's very relaxing. I sit and I've, I'm learning something about and the beauty of it. You can choose the subject. For me... When it's about health, I have a big, huge interest. Um, so last week I watched Heal. Yes, um, yeah, I was just talking about that with someone yesterday. Mm -hmm. Loved it, mm -hmm. and it's kind of life. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> it's kind of life uh, changing. Mm -hmm. You know, you realize that stress is such a a, a big health issue yes. so how to manage stress and uh, so heal is a big one fork over knife cowspiracy it's all documentary mm -hmm. about health that really inspired me okay mm -hmm. and are you are there any um we talked about you know stay, staying balanced and grounded is there something that you do specifically from a health standpoint to make sure that you are just optimizing your health and the way your your body and mind work um, we eat very well. Mm. Um, my husband' new passion is uh, growing huge gardens. Like I'm I talking. I love your husband. <laughs> <laughs> he's, an the, he's the perfect man. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. Um, yes. Yeah, so you know, we buy really, really good meat, mm -hmm. and um, and we don't eat a lot of it, and lots of vegetables. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm lucky because my son uh, learned that at mm. a very young age so mm -hmm. he eats extremely well he's very knowledge about food that's amazing yeah so um, I so also meditate oh great mm -hmm. I've learned to meditate and it's not easy yeah I don't think there's a way to meditate yeah. it's to each our own it's but I try to know like when I go to bed I try to have a um, uh, some music mm -hmm. and I try to breathe and uh, in the morning I stretch and I I take the time 
before I wake up to breathe and think about my day. So mm -hmm. I learned to meditate. It really helps me mm. a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. Thank you. Um, is there a quote or a saying that you maybe repeat over and over something that often comes to mind? Breathe. Oh, <laughs> love that. All the time. Love That's that. Breathe. <laughs> That's a good one. Yes. Yes. And it connects to what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, if we fast forward 10 or 15 years from now, looking back, what is the one thing you, you think you'll be the most proud of? To be teaching my son that um, if you have a dream and you work hard at it and you're passionate about it and you make sacrifice, that everything is possible. Mm -hmm. That's is, this is what I, I hope throughout all of this project, not being present, I hope I'm also teaching him that, you mm -hmm. know, about life. Mm -hmm. Is there something you wish women would do more of in 2019? Speak kindly to our body. I think um, we're hard on ourselves and, mm. you know, with all the media. I think we're in a better movement towards that. Uh, but our brains are listening, and mm -hmm. I always feel like we should be kinder, you know, mm -hmm. to our ourselves, to our body, and not be so hard. I think on that's ourselves. good advice. Oui. And I think the age of social media yes. is not making that easier. Yes. And all I of think the of young women, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, the Photoshop, you, perfection, perfection, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it doesn't exist. And we live in a superficial world sometimes, we and do. it's just, uh, it's about being in contact with who you are and confident is mm -hmm. everything to me you mm -hmm. know I might be aging and I might be you know we different that we are <laughs> at 20 but I'm very proud of the woman and I don't I'm not sure I would go back you know mm -hmm. so yeah <laughs> and actually there's one last question mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you um, what inspires you when you're designing shoes where do you get your inspiration from the nature. I live in the country and um, I love uh, les matières premières, which I'm not sure how to say this in English. Raw materials. Yes, mm -hmm. raw materials. I love wood and concrete and, you know, I try to work with um, um, earthy tones. Mm -hmm. um, I work with real uh, leather. Um, I've built my own heels and one of them took mm. one year. It's in real wood and wow. there's no stain on it. Uh, stain? No, not stain. Um, uh, it's uh, it's raw. There's no... There's no glue or varnish? It's varnish. Okay. There's okay. no varnish. Oh, yeah, so it's very okay. matte right. and it cleans very well and it's very light. And I got inspired uh, with nature, but also European architecture, clean lines. Mm, so, that. yeah, mm -hmm. I wake up in the morning and often I have to write something because I have an idea just looking outside at mm. my place. And, and that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite pair of shoes in all the shoes you've designed? Uh, yes, yes. I uh, <laughs> So I designed a booth last year uh, called... Um, Iris and it got so popular we've redone it and it's gonna be out in uh, in fall okay. and it's called star <laughs> 
I call it STAR because, well, one, it's in relation uh, with nature again. Okay. Yeah. And it's just uh, the perfect boo. You can wear it with a skirt, with a pants, uh, and it just makes a beautiful feed. And everyone writes to me about this booth. Mm. It's my biggest seller. Okay. So, okay. yeah, the STAR booth is my favorite. Ooh, I'll look yes, for it. <laughs> yes. I want to give you a pair, actually. So, oh, we'll yes, talk about so this. Yes, yes. I'd be honored. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, Oh, and to finish, if anybody wants to buy a pair of your mm -hmm. shoes, where can they get them? What's the best way? I know you have a website. So on the website uh, at jessicabedardshoes.com, uh, we are free shipping in Canada, and you get your shoes in about two days. Okay. If they don't fit, you can return them. In, uh, and then uh, we have Shad uh, in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. This is one of my biggest uh, distributors uh, of shoes. She has eliminated six brand I think to carry only my shoe which is Amazing. such an honor yes um, I have TNT yes. in Yorkville okay. which is huge for me that mm -hmm. was one of my you know dreams to be in TNT mm -hmm. so I'm super happy and then I have a beautiful store here in um, Toronto also called Clementine's mm -hmm. uh, Clementine's luxury uh, beautiful boutique um, and I'm hoping to get in TNT in Montreal because mm -hmm. I have no stores uh, yet in Montreal. Oh, okay. But I have a big, huge distributor, I can't say the name, that is interesting in um, uh, me presenting uh, my brand uh, in uh, June. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of the store in Canada shop there. So I'm hoping Ooh. my new goal is to be in 20 more stores uh, in the next year. Okay. So. And in the U.S. or internationally, um, do you also, you probably sell online as well? So I have stores in Japan, imagine that. Oh, I have a distribu distributor in Japan, okay. which I'm not sure the name because it's uh, Right, it's, um, it's a wholesale. Yes, yeah. exactly. And then um, Panache Bridal in New York, Panache Bridal uh, Los Angeles, and uh, hopefully it's just gonna grow because it's really picking up now. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking the stores, um, you know, I'll get a lot more stores in the next year. It's a big. Um, goal for me in the next year and that's very mm. exciting yeah well thank you. i wish you all the best with thank growth for the so company much. and best of luck for cafe thank tomorrow night you. i'll be in the room oh cheering oh you're there tomorrow mm -hmm. i'll be there oh and <laughs> whether you win or not yes. i know that you have a bright future and it's thank very you. exciting to see canadian shoe designer be so successful thank you so, so much. best of luck and thank you so much for thanks for with having me, me. My pleasure. such a pleasure thank yes. you I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you like to listen to podcasts. I'll be back in a few days with a new guest on the show. Thank you for listening. Yeah.